0: Ciao tutti, ciao Milanisti, Uh, I'm Luca Laporta from the Milan Guys, and this is the first official live TMG podcast. Unfortunately, the other co-owner of the account, he has an exam tomorrow, so he has to study tonight, uh, Mike, so he sends his best wishes. To me honestly, I think he's listening while he's studying, so it's unfortunate he can't be here today, but I have two very special guests. I have Matt Santangelo, you've probably seen his work for Italian Football Daily and uh, the Gentleman Ultra. And I have my friend, my personal friend I actually met at school, a huge Milan fan, Karas, And we're going to talk about many things today, including uh, the match, the, the loss on Sunday. The next match against Cr- uh, Crotone on Sunday and Europa League and the Mercato and the real situation. So guys, Matthew, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing,
1: Luca? Uh, great to be on the, the podcast here. Special moment for you guys.
0: Oh, huge moment. Yeah, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Karas, how are you doing?
2: I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm good, uh, man. Great uh, to be on here, man. It's very special. Yeah, no worries. No worries.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited. We're, uh, we're trying. We're hopefully going to have a, maybe like a, a, couple, a couple podcasts a month here to get our viewers in and get our opinion, especially during the Mercato month. It's going to be pretty big. So let's get right into it. All right. 2-1 loss to Ampoli at the San Ciro on Sunday. T- a, a chance to go five points up on Inter. I, I, it's like, it's tough because when Milan dominate the whole game and they dominate the whole game and, and two defensive lapses goes in the back of our net and you lose two, one at home. Matt, what do you, what's your take on the game on Sunday?
1: Obviously, it was a game that Milan should have, uh, even without a guy like Alessio Romagnoli, who was uh, a late scratch, this is a game they should have definitely handled. Um, and it felt like that, I had that type of vibe of a game where uh, Milan, we're gonna come come out victorious somehow, some way. It feels like that's been the that's been the formula this year. They, yeah. they found a way to you know scratch and claw for late game victories. Um, we saw Lapadula score late, so you know it kind of had that type of vibe. But it just unfortunately, it just uh, you know a couple chances didn't fall uh, Milan's way. And then um, luckily, I mean, luckily for Milan, this game wasn't a, an actual utter disaster. Um, a couple of empty uh, chances were squandered late. Thanks to Donnarumma's efforts and goals. so um, it, it definitely a, a, a tough one to take, especially um, you know with the, with the opportunity to go five points ahead of Inter, really keep the pressure on the, the teams they're chasing for Europa League. But uh, the the thing I think you know Milan fans have to understand is that you know there's going to be games where. You, you know, you slip up and, you know, that you maybe, you know, take advantage, you take for granted aside? side, you know, a team, especially like Empoli, who's the worst defensive team in the league, you know, you'd expect a couple more goals, but, you know, it just sometimes just that's just how it happens. And I think the mindset here has to be to just look towards Crotone and, and just, you know, try to finish the season strong and see where, where you end up at the, uh, at the end of the year.
2: No, yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah Yeah,
1: no kadas what what do you what's your take on the game
2: so i actually agree with matt on a lot of uh a lot of things it's like when i was watching the game it was almost like i was watching i wasn't watching this year's milan i was watching like 2015 2016 milan or 1450. it was like that's scary yeah and (laughs) i think they went in with the mentality is that even if we lose like we're still ahead of into, we're still in that sixth spot. So I think they kinda like l- relaxed a bit for this game. I don't know why, but that was that was that was a pretty bad display in my opinion. I think they like they should have went in and they should have won that game. But,
1: I think yeah. I think in, just to sorry to interrupt, I think, you know, it's okay. also a lot of people that were um of course in the aftermath of the game, and we're gonna get into this. Um a lot of the after, in a lot in the aftermath fell uh, a lot of blame was placed on D and a couple others, but I think, you know, people, I think uh, somewhat forget the fact that Suso had a very poorly taken penalty. I think that at least mm-hmm. Milan could have had a point from this game, um, you know, which I feel like it was a very big blow to them. Just considering the fact that, you know, it, it was a poorly taken penalty. I know Skorupski had a fantastic game and your know, hats off to him, but I think Milan should have at least had a point from this game, even if they were able to convert the penalty. But, um, you know, just again, unfortunately, he was just didn't go their way.
0: Yeah, you know what? It's just it's, it's tough because, again, I got like it's tough because when you look at it as as a season from like as a whole, apart from apart from uh, the game against Genoa when we lost three nothing, Milan could have won every single game this year. You know what I mean? Like they they've been, they've been like not like obviously, but like they've been aside from the three nothing the Genoa, they've been in every
1: single game. Right. And then, yeah. I think, and then I think that's the, a lot of the, the difference between, you know, past years to what Kara said about, you know, how certain games had that type of, you know, this felt like one of those games of, of a couple of years ago under like Inzaghi or even Sedorf or, you know, even Mihaljevic last year, you know, but that's the difference between this Milan and the old Milan clubs of, of old is that you felt like with, you know under Montella, a lot of those guys are hungry and you felt like, you know, somehow, somewhere Milan are going to scratch and claw. It's not going to be pretty but they're going to wind up beating the team in amply that they should be. And, you know, again, it's just – it's unfortunate, but I think you know Milan need to understand that they need to, to just finish the season strong. I think you're – you know, there's a lot of things that are not guaranteed. I think you're in a bad spot right now. Um, Fiorentina are going to come up a little bit, you know, so it's going to be interesting. I think the, the one thing I always tell – I always say to people, fans of teams, is that just take care of your business. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing because I think you put the pressure on them, and if they slip up, it just it works to your advantage. But you know, again, a team like Crotone, they just that's where Milan, that's where Milan really have to start their their sprint to the finish line and, and come away with a commanding performance. Not not a game that's close and it goes down to the last minute. I'm talking a game where they they score a goal or two early and they really kill this game
2: off. Yeah, uh, I also feel that uh, you know Empoli. Uh, they always say like teams at the bottom are generally the ones that are most hungry and the ones that are like they're trying to avoid relegation as much as possible. So you can kind of see it in the Empoli players like they were dying on the pitch, Well, mm-hmm. we were li- really like we were trying to like hold off. Rather, I don't know. I felt like we, 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 we should have had more chances, and I feel like the chances that we did have, they were horribly taken. Like Baka's chance, Baka should have buried that chance, in my opinion.
1: And also, too, to your point is, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but a team like Empoli, they got a team like Crotone breathing down their necks. And they found that, you know, Crotone have been playing well in recent weeks and they're really trying to fend off relegation. So, you know, that was a big that was a big victory for Empoli for sure. But that's what's going to be difficult about Crotone. I think, you know, they 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 had a good victory against Sampdoria in a tough environment in Genova. So, you know, that's, that's something that, you know, they, they've got to be weary of and, and not take lightly.
2: Yeah. I think that um, we should, like, I think that the good beauty, beautiful thing about the Serie A is that a lot of teams, whether they're, like, lower in the standings or higher up, like, they, 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 can, they can all be dangerous because all of them have their own aspirations, and they, they try really hard to achieve them, which I think, like, that's, what's, that's what makes us really competitive. Although Juve Another kind idea. of has it locked down, in terms Unfor-
0: of unfortunately, Juve Merda, yeah. right? <laughs> um, yeah, you, know, you know what? Though, you know what? Actually, just to your point there, people, nobody thinks that about the city. Everybody says that City is one team league and the Premier League is all this and that. But really, in reality, a person who watched City, will will know that it's actually really competitive. And the race for Europa League right now, even the race for second place, it's it's tight. It's so tight. Yeah. And there's so many, and you know what, I was talking to some friends and and I was telling them, last season Milan had 57 points, right? We had 57 points in the year. Right now we have 58, but we had 57 points to conclude the year last year, and we just missed out on the sixth spot for Europa League, right? Right now we have 58 points, and we're still sixth place. So 58 points last year would have secured a spot in Europa League, and this year it's going to take maybe 70 points. So you can tell teams are getting better. Lazio, strong side. Lazio's lineup is better than a lot of other sides in Europe. I'm telling like it's. I'm not saying this with a bias. It's just true. And there's no easy game in Syria. Honestly, there's no easy game because teams are so tactical and defensive that they can scrape out a one nothing winner, a 0-0 draw from you. And then we saw that even with Atlanta. What a strong side. You thought after they sold Gargadini and uh, after they sold them, in, in January, you think they would drop off a little bit? No, they haven't. They've been right there. But anyways, talking about Milan here. You know what? Aside from that match on 2-1 two, two, on Sunday, we have another match against the relegation side, Crotone and Calabria on Sunday. And honestly, I know there's for people who don't want to make Europa League, it's a must win. It's a must win. You have to get three points next Sunday. You can't drop six points to Empoli and Crotone and expect to make Europa League. Matthew, what do you think?
1: Oh of course I mean you know it's there's no way of there's no beating around the bush here this is a must win match for Milan especially with a lot of other teams like you just mentioned earlier Fiorentina are creeping up they're starting to kind of finish strong and you know there's there's always you don't you just don't want to finish the season strong any number number 1 number 2 you don't want to give off that vibe that you know Milan are not a strong team I think that its lasting impressions are so important for Milan especially going into the summer they don't want they want to be able to say you know, f- they finished the season strong. They qualified for Euro- the Europa League. They have this new ownership, these new ambitions, and this new vision for the future. And that's all those things collectively should hopefully appeal to some big targets this summer, which we're going to talk about, of course.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay. So you need three points next Sunday. I mean, it's pretty simple. Uh, Deshilio suspended. We'll get into his situation later. Deshilio suspended. Jose Sosa suspended. And it looks like Locatelli will take his spot, and Vangioni will come in on the left on left back, and Calabria right back. La Padula should start, and because you can't have Bakayi with that with that sitter, he missed. He literally missed the ball on the goal line like a baby could have put the ball in. He missed it like like <laughs> like a, like a, a one year old kid could have swung his leg and put it across the goal line. So,
2: Elafia's well, daughter could have scored that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly, and. You know what, I'm sick. I'm kind of sick and tired of, of a game like that. It left me with a sour taste in my mouth, right? So you know what, come back. I, I believe in Montella. Montella knows he's been our best coach for a while, um, oh. and you can tell because it. Imagine uh, Vincenzo Montella with like really quality players. Imagine and, like imagine Montella with a quality midfield. Oh. It's safe to say, yeah. It's safe to say that uh, that. Basically, this uh, this this Milan side this year has been really exciting, like to results for results. Think about it, right? You had the Sassuolo comeback, uh, you had the Inter comeback last week. You had Thank the Pasalic goal in the 90th minute with eight men, right? You had so many different things that just been an entertaining year. But you have to finish strong. You have to finish. You have to get to Europa League, and not because I love Europa League or anything, but you know what? It's a sk- it's getting stronger every year and you, we're going to get into this now, but to qualify for Europe, a player wants to play in Europe. That has a pull on players and negotiations. So let's talk about that. Karas, do you think, this is, honestly, this is a yes or no opinion question, do you think you're, you're, like Europa League, just for us in case in point, do you think Europa League will have a pull on players?
2: Uh, yes. No, not necessarily. Uh, I think mainly players and higher clubs, that don't get enough playing time those people will probably want to play because like it's it's europe and they're almost guaranteed a starting position especially once we start selling off a lot of our like starters that aren't performing as well like maybe if we sell off Baca or if the shilio leaves and we start getting in some quality players that maybe are not getting enough playing time like for example isco for example he's not getting too much playing time in uh, real uh, if if we can get someone like him and he starts playing for us, uh I'll, yeah, it will be pretty good. Also, it's also an incentive because the Europa League. If you know, if for example, we end up qualifying and winning the Europa League, like we automatically get into the Champions League, which is you know, I think it's uh, some players, some a lot of quality players would like bank on that, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, Matt, what do you think? No, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, that's any player's ambition. They just want to play on the biggest stages under the brightest lights and they want to win trophies. So it's only natural that I think, you know, like for some people that are saying, you know, it's better, it's good that Milan misses out on Europa League. I, I don't buy into that because I think, you know, for a team like Milan who have so many, uh, you know, they have, so, they have so much success and tradition in competition, European competition specifically, you want to be a part of it. You want to see your team playing those midweek fixtures and, you know, playing those games and, and you're seeing a packed crowd against even if it's a team that's you know a lower level team that you know most people that never heard of but you know you want to see your team just playing in a competitive Europa League competition so I mean I, I think it's you know it's something that Milan definitely definitely have to have to aspire to to qualify for but and that's also going to have a factor and of course to the it's the mercato it's in you know what type of player like an example like an Obama-Yank which we'll talk about of course I'm I'm assuming would he want to leave a team like Dortmund, who's you know always in the Champions League, that are they're always in somewhat top three, top four for in in the Bundesliga? Would he want to you know get up and leave and join Milan and not be in your in 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 Europe? So I, yeah. I mean, yes, you can pay you can pay certain guys to the point where it doesn't matter. I mean, case in point is is the Chinese players. I mean, people going to China, excuse me, to play um, for a big wages, like Graziano Pellè, for example, or even a guy like Oscar who left Chelsea for big money. Oh. Um, so I, I think that, you know, the important thing here is for again, you know, I emphasize this quite a bit is, is to, to qualify for Europe. That's the first step. And I think by qualifying for Europe and getting in a competition, a known competent and UEFA competition, it, yeah. it opens up that opportunity for people to say, okay, you know, Milan's back in Europe. They're they're back in the thick of things. They're 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 becoming their relevant relevant side again on this stage. You know that's something I want to be a part of. So I, I think this is this is urgent for Milan to just get back in Europe in some way, shape, or form. Um, and of course, the best way to do that is through the Europa League.
0: No, yeah, no, for, it's it's for sure. It's just like I've seen a lot. I follow you know you've seen Twitter people and stuff like that, and they've said like I, I don't want to qualify. like the Europa League's a farmer competition. I don't want to qualify for it. But, you know what, I know many people say, but like, this has been like a, you could call it a rebuild, right? For me, it's been like a rebuilding stage. The last few years, if you want to compare it to like, you know, like North American sports, like a rebuild process. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, now with new owners and stuff, and there's a youth movement, we have the youngest team in Syria. we have one of the youngest teams in the top five leagues. With Donor, of course, Donnarumma's age brings that really down. <laughs> but and Locatelli, yeah.
2: of course. And,
0: yeah, and Locatelli and even Calabria. It's, it's a young lineup, right? It's a young lineup. And you know what? To make your Opa League this year, it shows they're making progress. It shows they're making progress to the rebuild. Um, Basically, you make your Opa League, you know, do whatever. You don't have to win your Opa League. Just do well in it. Bring some more players in and then make that transition. Be the top, will now be top four teams, thank God, they're going to have four spots in Italy Italy deserves four spots. I'm sick and tired of seeing, you know, these random clubs from Europe with Italy with a less spot, with one less spot. So in 2018, when there's four spots, Milan have to be the fourth best, at least the fourth best Serie A team. With purchases this summer, or this summer, next summer, with the new owners who promised to make Milan great again, you've got to bring in more talent, more quality, especially in the midfield. The midfield is the anchor between your, your offense and your defense, right? So, you, you need a strong midfield to have a, str- to have a strong team. You look at all the strong teams in the world, they have a strong midfield.
1: Um, look at all the strong teams in Italy. you got Juventus. Yeah. I mean, they mean they've taken, they, in recent years, they've lost Vidal, Pirlo, they sold Pogba, but you got guys like Pjanic. you got even guys like Tomas Rincon, who's more of like that bully in the midfield who'll break up play and just kind of makes things uncomfortable. But you see the midfield ranks, the midfields of the top clubs in, in Italy, mm-hmm. You know, yep. you see Lazio, they got guys like even a young guy like Cotaldi who's on loan. They got um, Milinkovic-Savic, they have yep. all Good the, player. you know, Bilia. You got, you got, you know, Napoli who have like five quality oh, midfielders God. and a lot of them are young. So I mean, this is, that's Diawara. They got Zielinski, my boy Zielinski, um, oh, boy. Alan, oh, boy. They got Hamsik, and, and you know, they, and they, they just, they have, and Jorginho. So they got depth, a lot of these teams. And that's what, that's the thing that Milan has been lacking, I think, for so long. And then so many people have been just begging for, is this an impact midfield or, uh, excuse me, impact midfielder or midfielders to really just drive this team to yeah, a new no. level? He-
2: even Roma yep. to a lesser degree have quite. like, like
1: on, on uh, Paredes, uh, and they may yeah. even get Tessie, at least if if reports are true. So, mm-hmm. you know, the Milan that's the that's the area that Milan have been lacking in for years. I feels like ever since you know the, the, the guys like uh, Pirlo left, Seydorf left, and everyone retired in like 2012, they've just been lacking yep. with that that big yeah. playmaker and that big yep. playmaker in the midfield.
0: And Bonaventura is good. Right. is really good. But you know what? You can only do so much as one player, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like A midfield featuring Bonaventura with other class guys, that's safe to say that's a class midfield. That's a quality midfield.
1: Yeah.
0: And this is why if Montella, he has a contract for next year, but he needs to get an extension. I'm really liking his work. You can tell this Milan team is different with Montella at the, at the touchline. And... And uh and Bonaventura needs to be needs to be hopefully as he's gonna come back stronger as ever. Um but he needs to be part of that four three three. He needs to be part of the four three three in the midfield, in the midfield though, not on the left wing. Because I think uh I think we need uh we need quality in the left wing too, but but putting Bonaventura there will we'll take will take something out of the midfield. And I think midfield's the biggest problem, especially if we can bring De La back. Bonaventura Put right in the midfield but you know what let's go right into uh into into mercato talk so with the lafeye situation right Barcelona apparently I personally I think this is just, this is just a business thing there's they're, they're saying they want to bring De La Feu back I don't think they actually want to bring him back I think they' they' saying that so they can raise the price from like they can raise the price whoever whoever's going to pay it so, because there's no way De La Feu is in their plans. Where are we played the The one game every three months? What's the
1: point of that? I, I don't know about that, though, because the, my argument against that is, you know, a team like Barcelona who they're, they're, every year they're playing in three competitions. They're playing in La Liga. They're playing for the Copa del Rey. And they're playing for the Champions League. So, the, the, those teams need depth. And I think they see a guy like De La Feu who can be a viable option off the bench and occasionally spell a guy, spell a breather for a guy like, um, you know, like a guy like Neymar, for instance, or, you know, a guy who can play on either wing and be, you know, bring pace, bring energy, bring, you know, creativity to the wing. So I I wouldn't go as far as saying that, you know, a guy like De going back to Barcelona would just be wasted. I think he would be, he would be utilized quite well, but that also depends on who their manager is that's Mm -hmm. also a big thing. And I think that's, that's something that is it kind of somewhat in Milan's favor when negotiating to try and bring him back? Because I think, you know, Dela is he's he's coming to life again under, under Montella and, and in Italy. Plus he's also alongside a guy like Suso who he's played with at the national level. So he's comfortable in Milan. I think his intentions are to stay in Milan, Mm -hmm. but I think, you know, everything has to check out. The money has to make sense. And ultimately they have to be able to work out a deal. Otherwise he's, he's, gonna go you know, probably return to barcelona
0: yeah no i know and this was tough but you know what if we can't bring him in we are rumored to bring in uh quita balde from lazio he's coming off a hat trick against palermo on the at the weekend he'd be a great signing i think he'd be a good sign for the left wing he's a good player um Fantastic, for the right sorry. price for the right price mm-hmm. uh you want to break a bank on him but you know for the right price i'm thinking 15 to 20 million euro range some other guy like him, uh, who knows though? I don't know because Lotito's kind of crazy. He drives the prices for his players sometimes. Um, but yeah, and then let's go to some striker talk here. So this was just tweeted uh, a little while ago from the Milan Bible and stuff. So Morata, he scored today actually for Real Madrid. He has a really good goal per minute ratio. He's on. He really. He's. We're really interested in him apparently. Um, what I'm reading here. So. Abomian remains the number one target. This, this is according to the Gazeta dello Sport, by the way. So, Abomian is the main target. He scored today, too, against Bayern in the uh, FKB Poco. Um, he scored today, and Morata is the direct alternative. But Chelsea and Man United are also interested in Morata. So, it, it's going to be hard to, especially if Chelsea wins the league this year and Conte wants to bring him in. If Conte wants to bring him in, I guarantee you Murata will go to him first, just because they have a connection. Um, but he's the alternative to Aubameyang. Of course, the dream is Bilotti Everybody wants Bilotti of course. But wouldn't <laughs> want. But realistically, is like they're, they're not. He's not. He's not arriving. He's. He's not. There's no way. He's not going anywhere. He's gonna stay at Torino this year. He literally said it. He said, "I'm gonna stay here." There's no way. There's no way Torino sells him, especially because Torino's having a pretty good year. Like They're pretty good. They have some skilled players. And Mihalovich is a good coach over there too. So I, I don't I don't see Belotti leaving. So honestly, I can see Belotti in the future if we have the funds. But right now, Morata, Yang, these are good players. And I'll take either or, to be honest with you. Because honestly, Baka, I like but I do like Carlos Baka. But you know what? It's hard though because... Baca never had a, a great midfield service. He didn't have it. We don't have it here. So, I mean, it's hard to really judge him. I guarantee you if Baca went to a team with lots of service, he would score 20-plus goals.
1: Yeah, but I, I'd argue against that, though. If you look at the, the teams in Italy and you look at the teams in Europe, for that matter, The the dynamic is changing. Everything's changing and evolving. The way teams play and set up is different. So a a guy like Baka, who's mostly just he's he's not a very good link up player. He's more of like a poacher, a guy who in the in the penalty area will finish his chances. Obviously, we know last year he didn't get that many chances, but the chances he did get, he did convert, which is obviously what you want from your striker. But I think that that for for Milan, the way they the way they operate, the way they operate under Montella. They need a guy who, who can drop into the midfield, who, who can make runs and, and you know who can do a little bit of different things. And I think, obviously, a guy like Aubameyang would be fantastic. He, he really checks off all the boxes that you look for in a modern-day uh, forward. But I think you know you got to be realistic as well. And, this, of course, what you just mentioned about Belotti, I don't see the, the, the urgency for a team like Torino to have to sell Belotti, just given the fact that he really is the face of their club, number one. Number two... He has plenty of interest and he has a huge uh, release clause that needs to be activated. And number three, um, you know, he, 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 there's really no urgency. I don't see why Torino would have to sell unless of course the day, the money's just too good to pass up. I don't see any team throwing uh, a Pogba type uh, uh, offer at him. I hope and not. Torino. I don't see, I just don't see that for a, a guy who's only done it for one year. No offense yeah. to Elote. He's a fantastic yeah. player, but I think a lot of teams are still going to be a little bit hesitant to throw that much money at them when they can go after a guy like Chelsea for instance the you know, uh, Lukaku or you know a um Emirata. so 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 you know j- just keep that in mind when you look at some of the targets that Milan are looking for
2: I don't know. I personally think that uh ever like you guys are or Milan fans in general are focusing on the wrong aspect I think we should mainly focus like our big we should splash big on uh midfielders because a lot of our midfielders are leaving we have a lot of midfielders on loan and the midfielders that we do have left uh a lot like all of them are injury prone like um what's his Bertolacci. face Bertolacci, Bertolacci. yeah
0: <laughs> what's his face <laughs> yeah,
2: montolivo as R- well M- the... M- Monto yeah montoliter <laughs> so i think we should we should at least get Oh, Pasolich as well. Pasolich is leaving. Mm. Uh, we we'll should talk about that after. Yeah, we should at least get some, at least two or three quality midfielders to fill that in before we start looking at an attacker.
0: I agree. Honestly, I agree. I agree, I agree because a good midfield, we have. I think we have. Like honestly, here's how I look at it: if if Baca and Lapadula stay, right, it's kind of like a one-two punch kind of thing, and we get a solid midfield with solid wingers around him. We already have one with Suso. I think Baca will score 20 goals again. I think he will. I think Lapadula will get 10. Lapadula has six, and he's only played 800 minutes. Not even, I don't think. So, I mean, I don't know. It's, just, it's hard to say because if anybody, if any striker's leaving the club this, this summer, it's Baca. It's not going to be Lapadula because is a good guy to have in the club. He works really, really hard. Really, really hard. I'm a huge fan of Lapadula because he works, like, even when the ball, he's not going to win it, he'll still run for it. And kind of reminds me of
2: the Gatu- of Gattuso. He yeah,
0: like, has yeah, like a striker version of Gattuso. Yeah, he's like yeah. He's, his mentality. He has, I think, he has a champion mentality. Um, yeah. but yeah, you know what? Let's, let's go into more mercato talk. So, Pasalic, apparently, we are keen on bringing. We were keen on keeping him back, kind of like a Van Ginkel situation. We actually want Pasalic back. He scored some key goals for us this year. Um, you know what? My my actual uh. Trying to say assessment of Pasalic, is he? He's an okay player. He doesn't touch the ball enough in the midfield. He doesn't touch the ball. He only gets like thirty touches a game, forty touches a game sometimes. And in a 4 3 three, you should be touching the ball more. But for some reason, he's always in the right place at the right time. So I, I don't know. It seems like every time he has a chance to score, every game he plays,
2: he um, um, he's very good at getting into positions like off the ball, like on the ball, he's not very like technically speaking, he's not very good, but off the ball, he can, he can make these runs, these runs across and somehow just get, get to the ball, which is amazing. No, for sure. He he just needs to work on other aspects of his game. And I think if we can get him for a cheap price, like anything, maybe 10 million or under, I think that would be pretty good.
1: I think the one thing that you, that you look for, like a look at Pasilic and you look at a couple other midfielders specifically Um, you know, there's a guy, a guy like possibly that she doesn't do any, he doesn't do anything spectacularly, but he does a lot of things good, which I think you do need those types of midfielders who, you know, especially when you're trying to, you know, as, as a guy off the bench. And, and I think that's, that's the one thing that Milan fans, I really don't think they're going to be on board with is the fact that if you're going to tell, tell, uh, you know, the Milan fan base that, you know, we have this new idea, this new vision, and we really have this revolution we want to create. I don't think you're going to sell them on it. And I don't think the Chinese ownership is going to sell them on it. If you tell, if you tell them that Poslich is going to be a starting midfielder or like your fourth midfielder, I think he's a, he's a, he should be playing the role on a good team that wants to compete for Europe. He should be your fourth, fifth, fourth, maybe fifth option. Um, kind of like a Sturaro, a Rincon type of midfielder for like Juventus. I think, listen, you know, I I love, there's certain guys I love, I love their energy and I love their passion and I love their commitment to the team. But I think the reality here is that I think if Milan want to have serious ambition to get back to being a prominent team in Europe, they can't sell themselves short by sticking with guys who, you know, Oh, he gives it at all. He tries hard. They need quality players. That's that's what's going to separate them from being a, a Europa League contender to being a legitimate candidate to contend for Scudetto or at least a top-four finish.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. You can't – it's like you can't be it's, – it's it's a business, or right? you can't be nice to guys because they worked hard. Like, sure, you can give them, give them a spot on the team, give them the odd you know substitution for some energy. Uh, Andrea Poli, Mr. Energy right um <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, to be honest you, i love andrea poli so I, I i love him on the bench i love when he comes on to defend the lead because he's always he always runs a lot and he's he's always so hard on the ball and everything so but you're right you can't you can't settle for guys like Pasolich and guys like bertolacci even though bertolacci i i don't blame galliani
1: for signing him at 20 million euro because he was Amazing for Genoa that one season. And he was in an advanced position. You gotta understand that at Genoa, he was a really a more of like an attacking midfielder and he was getting yeah. forward. He had what something like eight, nine goals. So something
0: like that. And he scored so bangers was, too. Like as they as were well like a lot
1: different. And even for Milan, you know, we've seen him in various different roles. I mean, last year we saw him, you know, on the side. We saw him even a couple times this year, if I'm correct in saying so, he played as a as a like a deeper playmaker.
0: Mm-hmm. He was a he was a uh, regista for a few games.
1: That's what I'm saying. You can't like those guys, yeah. like especially those guys that are they have quality and they've shown it in spurts. You got to be weary of when you purchase because I think if they're not in that same same position, not to mention with a different club with a big club like Milan. No offense to Genoa, you, and you kind of run a run the risk of getting a guy who really doesn't perform.
0: Mm-hmm. No, for sure, and it's 100. You know what? Let's just I'm just gonna move on to the next uh, mercato, and this is a huge situation. Mattia De Scilio, a player who, he's born in Milano. He's been brought up through the ranks of the youth academy. He's, re- he's wearing the captain's armband because Abati's out for the rest of the season. And these links to Juventus are really heating up. And and now, I don't know if you guys heard, but after the, the loss to Empoli, he got whistled off, right? When he got subbed off, he yeah. got wh- tons of whistles. And his, his family car got, I don't think he even had a family to be honest. Does he have a kid? I don't know. No, but no, apparently, his oh. Yeah, oh, his, his parents. parents. Okay, yeah. him and his parents. Yeah, him and his parents. His family car got stopped, and they got into a heated discussion. Apparently, the fans were asking him why he doesn't play with like emotion or something. Is that is that what you guys heard too? I'm
1: I think not it, sure. I think it was something like that. I saw some people say, you know, the way that people kind of, kind of attacked Dishio, um was the fact that you know a guy who's wearing a captain's armband. He should be the type of guy that's getting in the face of the referee to kind of separate, you know, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. you know, kind of break up oh, yeah. a, a scuffle, you know. The guy that goes there and kind of shows that passion and, you know, really takes control of the, uh, of the team, especially down the stretch when they're trying to either go after a victory or hold on to a victory. Um, and I think that's why a lot of times people, they don't see that about De And I think for a guy wearing uh, the armband for a team like Milan who've had so many great captains and so many energetic captains before them, that mm-hmm. they they expect the guy to live up to that reputation, and I think you know some guys are not captain material. They can be with the team for X amount of years. They can be grow through the ranks and have that energy, but some guys are just not fit to be captains. And I think maybe Deshio isn't that type of guy. He doesn't have that type of of attitude and demeanor about him. He kind of he has the the attitude that he's going to go out there and just try and do the job. Yeah. Whereas a guy mm-hmm. like you know you see like a guy like Cattuso, even in the later part of his year, uh, later part of his career with Milan, when he was starting. He was a guy, I mean, you saw him in the Champions League. He went up to the Tottenham coach, Joe Jordan, and and head-butted him. So so, so those are the types of things that I think that, not those things, of course, extreme and and headbutting, head-butting, but they're looking for that grinta and those things that, when you put on that armband, it really means something, and you really kind of fill the role of of a captain, and I think that's what a lot of times people have that issue with, with the she
0: Yeah, you know what? It's 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 true, because I remember... uh, it was in the was summer, summer when, when this one my one uh, friend, friend, friend came. came huge. I asked him about the Milan players and stuff, and there was a small echo. see hello? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. Uh, so basically, I asked him about the players, right? He's a big Milan fan. I'm like, so what do you think about the and The first thing he said was, he put a straight face. Said the is always. He said he sempre così, like this. He's always he always a straight face. He just straight faced it, like he doesn't this smile. No, he doesn't get sad. He doesn't get mad. He's just—it looks like he's just like average <laughs> all yeah. the time. And that's what a lot of people have been saying that Di Sheila has been absolutely mediocre and absolutely average after being named the next Maldini like five years ago. Um, and you know, I hate when people call people like that because I think it ruins careers, honestly, and call the next Maldini and stuff. But aside from that, Matilda Schiavo apparently, uh, Massimo Mirabelli, uh, is gonna have a meeting with his agent and deshilio in the in this weekend or or soon and he's gonna see what he demands apparently if deshilio wants to stay we want to keep him
2: mm-hmm.
0: and if he doesn't want to stay then re- I think we're gonna sell him this summer to get something for him because his contract ends next summer so if he does want to leave he'll be gone I think in around the 10 million euro range uh, I think that's what I read so honestly, and here's my thing: if he goes to Juventus, he's officially he's a he's a dead player to me. He's dead to me. I don't. I can't. I can't support that. You don't go to a rival club like that, especially think, when you play for Milan.
2: I think Chelsea was actually interested in him. Yeah, Conte, Conte likes him. Yeah, so I think if we sell him to Chelsea, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't be too like mad about it. Me like either. I, would, I would be. I would be happy for him. But it's a thing of like going to. A rival club, especially to like Juve or Inter, for example. But I know Inter is not following him. But going like whenever like a player that we know and love just goes to like a different to like a rival team that like you just know you don't like, it's kind of like a stab in the back.
0: And... Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, you know what? It's just it's being a traitor, right? And yeah. you, you don't go to Milan like this. Why everybody? This is what I've been telling everybody. But when they said Donnarumma is going to Juve, I said, listen. Napoli's best player went to Juve. Uh Pjanic was one of the Roma's best players. He went to Juve. Milan, you, you're not gonna see one of our guys trade for that for that club. I d I don't think so. And I hope the Shilio doesn't. Because if he does, I, I I wish in his I wish the worst in his footballing career. Like I don't care about him anymore.
2: I honestly I don't, I don't care I, about him. I hope the Chinese are are like smart enough to not to not sell players. To like to Juve, even if they are the highest bidder or whatever, I think they should be a bit like they should be smart and know, like they should they should be smart and know like who our rivals are and who to do deals yeah. with. Well, remember it is
0: Marco Fassane and yeah. Massimiliano and the Chinese just approve of it, so I think they know what they're doing. They're Italian, they know what they're doing, and. I don't know. It's just it's tough it's tough to, to see a player that you brought through the ranks and who's, who's been here and I wrote it for my article for Italian Football Daily a few days ago like it's tough seeing a player who's, who's grown through the ranks and won his spot a starting spot and DeShilio, out of all the players how many players in the starting squad have been there when we were last in the Champions League deshilio Abati that's it nobody else Zapata Zapata other than that no one was here like he just he worked hard to get where he is like to get a spot him leaving for a rival club, he'd be dead to me. Honestly, if you're gonna sell him, sell him abroad. Don't sell him in Italy. I don't want to see a young Milan player floor someone else, and we regret the transfer.
1: But here's here's what I say though about Dishi, and I think you know he's a guy that he's a player I definitely do like. Um, and, uh, and I kind of you know based on his past, uh, I definitely do uh, have you know I have I feel I feel for him in a way because I think you know he had all these expectations at a young age under Allegri. He played well. He played actually very well at a young age. Um, and then he kind of, you know, he, he, he took a turn for the worse and his performance slipped and a lot of p- people were calling for him to get sold and, and everything like that. He lost his starting role. A uh, guy like him. I think, you know, you run into the risk of, if you do sell him, he does turn into a really good player for a team that you hope is not in your league and that it's not your competition. Um, but I think the problem with the is that I think the, the reason that he's kind of, been so average these past few years. It's been also a part of that the 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 plan itself of Milan. It hasn't been too great. Obviously, we know everything with Silvia Berlusconi. We're not going to talk about that. That's that's done and dusted. But I think the fact that everything has been so difficult at Milan these past few years that the fans are angry, the fans are frustrated, and they take frustration out on players, and and that's that's it becomes a toxic environment for especially for young players that's what's so important for a team like for Juve where you see a team like Juve where they have a guy like Rugani and everyone's calling calling for him to start more and play more but they have this they have this system where you know they they gradually bring players into the fold and they really sit them down and they 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 they, they nurture their mentality and they really you know bring their mentality up to you know a winning one and i think that's what's kind of hurt the progression of a couple Milan players in recent years you know, so I, I mean, listen, I, I'd like for Milan to keep the CEO in some way, shape or form. But I think if he does leave, I wouldn't be shocked at all. And I, honestly, I wouldn't even be shocked if he did go to Juve because obviously we know Allegri likes him a lot. So, I mean, I guess we'll see how it goes. You know, I'll probably learn a little bit more in the next couple of weeks. But yeah. I think that uh, honestly yeah. Milan has, a, They have. I think they have bigger priorities to, deal, to tend to, which um, of course we all know who they are. So I guess we'll see how everything transpires within the next uh, couple weeks.
0: I actually have some breaking news I just saw on Twitter about the Shilio. Uh, GDS, the tomorrow's edition, it's already tomorrow in Italy, of Gazzetta Della Sport. They said that uh, Mirabelli is going to meet with the Shilio on Friday and he has decided to leave Milan. So this is what GDS is saying. He say, they're saying that. And then the next tweet from the Milan Bible, it said, that, uh, it said that he wants to be sold to either Juventus or a club outside of Italy. So he wants to leave. He's done. I guess the, the the confrontation with the with the car and everything I think that was the last straw for him and he's done. So that's what I'm reading here. And GDS isn't always that reliable. Let me like, it's not reliable at all. To be honest with you, I'm more of a Sky Italia guy. I like listening to them more. But um, you know we'll see. Honestly, I want to move on to a big topic before we take questions. Yeah, we have a, we have a, a couple of really good questions. Um, renewals for Gianluigi Donnarumma, Suso. We need to renew these guys. It's, it has to be the f- the first priority before buying players this summer. It's resign Suso and resign Donnarumma. You cannot lose these guys in two, in 2018. You can you can't lose these guys. It's just yeah. you know what I mean. You can't you can't lose core players in your squad if you want to be competitive. Suso has been amazing this year. He's he's amazing on the ball. Uh, he, he I hope I he never Suso- takes never takes penalties again, but. He's a, great, he's a great player. And Donnarumma is kind of like the, the... Everybody around Europe knows Donnarumma is now. You've got to renew these guys. Apparently, Rayola wants 15% and he, he, we're going to guarantee Donnarumma the captain's armband, which we have a question about after we can get into. Um, but yeah, I'll start with you. What do you think... Like, what do you make... I know you've been reading Twitter and stuff. We've been talking. What do you make of, of, these, of the Suso and Donnarumma talk? Apparently, Suso's dad is optimistic.
2: But. yeah I think they they, they agreed like the, the 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 wage always keeps flip like going up and down depending on what source you ask but I think Suso is locked down I think um we have agreements with him somehow like with for some random amount I think Rayola is gonna be a problem because mm-hmm. Rayola we all know like he's not the one that looks out for like players uh own needs he's more looking for his own. Like, how am I gonna get as much money out of this as possible? So, I'm only worried more about Donnarumma. I think he will eventually renew, but for how much?
0: Yeah, you know, apparently the the thing is like four four and a half million euros, uh, captain's armband, and Ryola gets fifteen percent of any future sale. Oh. I, I don't like if you're gonna give him the captain's armband. That kind of that's kind of a big thing like if you if it's a, a future thing it is a future thing if you say you're going to give you the captain's armband he's not going to leave in the time being like how many times you see a club selling their captain like their their actual kind of not good like it is Shilio type that he got it from abati i you also think
1: i also think a big thing with donnarumma and i think that a lot of people aren't talking about it is that the fact that he is an 18 year old kid he's still a kid he looks like a man of course um yeah. but it, uh, he's a kid and i think He's a family kid. He's a guy who really just, he, you can see he's really passionate. He's really, he's a family, he's a family boy who's, who's, all he's known is Milan. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that's also important for him when, when thinking about moving or renewing and everything like that. A guy like him at 18, just, just thinking about the fact that he could be moving for an astronomical amount to a big club and in Europe when he, in a different environment at such a young age. We don't see that that often. And a lot of times, you know, seldom do we see a lot of stars, a lot of young stars thrive. I mean, we saw uh, Anthony Martial move for a big amount from Monaco to United and he, he's been okay. I always say he's been a pretty decent player, but he was also very young and it doesn't, it's always not so much the best time to move when, you know, yes, you're, you're maybe, you know, you have the demand on the market and you're looking to renew. But I think that a guy like Donald Ruma, I, I think he will renew. And I think because he's so passionate, he really does love, genuinely loves this club. I think he will renew even, even though he does have a uh, Raiola kind of, you know, <laughs> the devil and the angel on the shoulder, so to speak, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I, I know I, I just don't see him moving right away. Um, I think eventually all players have, a, they have a price. I think that's just how modern football is. I'm um, mm-hmm. really not seeing many bandiera uh, around. So yeah, I think a okay. guy like, you know, I mean, I hope a guy like Donnarumma becomes one of those flagship players for Milan. But I think I'm optimistic that he it will stay. And I think he will show his committal to this team and really, really want to be part of a something special that, that is, is coming to this club.
2: I think for sure. once we win something that's, you know, has any like, like, for example, if we win, once we start winning major titles, that's when players start to get locked down. Especially younger players, because and like if they if you win with those young players, it's kind of like they kind of build a bond to the um uh with the fans and with the club, and they can't leave. Like someone like Maldini, he like he started he started young and he's like like Donnarumma, and he started winning like they won titles when he was young. So he they he built a strong connection with the club, and I think that if you start young and you start successful long time
0: yeah no i agree it's just it's tough right now because there's so many good teams out there in the world it's going to be it's going to take a little bit of process and hopefully the chinese owners i could tell them like listen we're going to buy the players it's going to be a little process but we're going to make our way back to the top and uh i'm pretty sure Hong lee and Yang and lee have, have actually said this that like, we're bringing it to the club back to the top and I'm pretty sure they, they went to the Barcelona Juve game and they when Dibala scored he said like he yelled out like how much does that guy cost I want him or something like that so I mean if that's where we're gonna if that's where we're gonna go about things like I love it honestly you know what I've always said that I hate the clubs I hate kind of how clubs how football has kind of resorted to you have to have money to compete because really you'll see the odds Cinderella story but in reality you have to have money to buy players to compete right now. And Even Berlusconi said that in his letter, right He said my family can't afford it anymore, even though I'm not sure I think he might be able to afford it, but I'm not really sure. He's <laughs> kind of corrupt. <laughs> so um, but you know what I mean? It's just it's, it's tough. and we have the money there. It has to happen. Renew these guys, buy players and see results in the field. And that's how you and you have a good coach, you have a good core. and you, you know what? Aside from this, let's get right into the questions.. there's some questions that involve these guys. There's some actually really, really good questions here. Let's get started. Um, I'll ask. Eh, I'll ask since we're we don't want to take up too much time. I'll ask one of you one question, one of the other. So sure. now I'll to answer one myself. So uh, let's see. Let's see one question here. Okay. Um, what are realistic signs in the summer, and what do you think the projected lineup will be with new signings? So let's start with start with Matt. Matt, what 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 do you think? If you can name I'll change, I'll change the question a little bit. Name three realistic signings in a 150 million euro budget and tell me how they fit into the
1: lineup. Um, I'm going to say Cesc Fabregas. Um, just for the simple fact that I think, you know, obviously he's won pretty much everywhere. He's been with Arsenal. He know he's tried their Premier League. Chelsea, there looks like they're going to win the uh, Premier League title this year, get back into the Champions League um his role kind of somewhat i mean he plays a quite a bit for chelsea but i think that chelsea because they are going to be back in europe they may look to add some it's add in certain areas and really just um uh, you know get a little bit younger um and a guy like fabregas has been with barcelona so i think you know he may be a guy that would be willing to try out italy and really give it a go when he's still in is in his is in his prime excuse me and it's something that he hasn't tested yet so i think i got fabregas is one of the options um Obamian, I'm not ruling out. I think you know maybe he 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 has some unfinished business to tend to at Milan. Um, come back and he maybe be the focal point of this this revolution along with, of course, Donnarumma and Suso if they renew. Um, and I'd probably say um, Musacchio. Musacchio would be a a good addition for Milan's defense, just simply because um, it would give Romanioli a a little bit more of a fleet-footed um, defender, someone younger someone who's played in the top flight for a couple years in Spain with Villarreal and it would give your defense a little bit more security um, and of course protect Donnarumma in that a little bit more. So those would be the three guys I would say.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good answer. Good answer. So that, that question is from, who is it from? Let's give you a shout out. Uh, Cubs fan Walt. Thanks Cubs fan Walt. Congrats on your world series last year. Um, Fun question from Michael, Mikey 5 Angelo. Who's a bigger fraud, Montalivo or Sosa?
1: Oh, gosh. I don't want to touch that one. He hates I hates I, I knew. Shout out to Michael for, you know, a uh, controversial question. And when that's, there's no way around it, um, that's going to involve banter. I <laughs> uh, Listen, I don't I don't want to touch that one. If Carlos wants to touch that one, by all means.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> all right, quick it. question. Who's a bigger fraud, Montalivo or Sosa?
2: Uh let's go with the lowest percentage of long passes.
0: That's Montelivo.
2: Yeah. So Montelivo. <laughs> so so, so okay. I can do something. Montolevo can't do anything. Okay. All right. That's essentially it.
0: So okay, so this is actually a really good one. I'm, I, I'm gonna ask this one, okay? If you could let me ask this one. Okay. Who is the player that left Milan and hurt you the most Or hurt you the most? It's good try on the English, but he, you know what he means. So, this is from Pedro Pacheras. He's probably from South America. So, and a few people tweeted back at him. One person said Ibra. One person said Sheva Pirlo Caca. And one person said uh, Marco Van Basten. So, for me, I wasn't alive. Like, it's tough because I'm young, right? I'm only, I'm only 18 years old, turning 19. So, I wasn't alive to see Marco Van Basten in his prime and stuff like that. I don't think any of us were right now no, right? right yeah exactly so we, we weren't really i say yeah i'm gonna say kaka but the thing is kaka won two champions League with us and he came back you know what i mean so like kaka is amazing he loves the club i think you know if i'm gonna answer this recently and a lot of you i'm gonna get a lot of hate for this if, if a lot of people are listening <laughs> i miss mario bolotelli a lot <laughs> i love i love super mario i think he's has all the qualities to be a top striker and I think just he's been kind of unlucky, and he's he's done some things like he's done some things in the past. He's done kind some of things he's done I some things. That give, he's, no, done he's done some he's, things, giving him a bad image. But he's not like that, and like he doesn't do that stuff anymore. And uh, like, here's the thing, like Matt, if we would have had ball, this year, he'd score every every freaking penalty, every penalty. Of course, of course, like, yeah. it, it's gone to a point where we get a penalty. I know we're gonna miss. Now I knew Sissoko was gonna miss. I'm like, please don't miss, please don't miss, and he missed. Like Baka missed one. Suso missed one. Niang missed two. And he missed two. You know what that led him? To Watford. The two pe- two penalty misses gave him a trip to Watford. That's who? Ball, games, right? Yeah. Um, apparently, they're going to they're buy him for 18 million euros in the summer. So, please do. <laughs> please do. Um, no, I miss Balotelli because I think Balotelli had a really good goal scoring record when he was here. And even though people hate him, some people hate him. Do you, are you guys fond of him? Do you guys like him? I
2: love Balo, but okay. he, he always goes always two steps forward one step back like <sighs> this guy always, guy always he's like, he's like he starts, starts off the off, season or starts off with the new club amazingly you know he started off amazing with with us he started off amazing with Man City and then all of a sudden he does something stupid or like I he just loses interest I guess he gets bored easily I don't know man mm-hmm. I love him because of what he does like he's like he's a funny guy <laughs> off off of the pitch but yeah, on the, the bad pitch boy, I
1: kind of, I like that i like that i like that you know that uh that ego boy. yeah, yeah. yeah. like you know what yeah it's I cockiness remember. but it's also confident
0: yeah, yeah. i remember <laughs> the one <laughs> derby i remember the the one derby a few years ago it was uh the bad boy derby Icardi versus bolotelli <laughs> yeah but the thing is, is bolotelli really a bad boy like he doesn't really like is he really like could he be classified as a bad boy or just have like anger problems. Like, I don't know. Is he really like a bad, like, because it seems like off the field, he does really nice things for people. Like, in England, he used to be like the Santa. He used to go as Santa and like homeless things and give gifts to people and he, he gave money to random people and stuff. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just, I miss him because he's, he single-handedly brought us to Champions League that one year. When he came in January, he single-handedly brought us there. And he had a really good goal scoring ratio. He had like, what, like 30 goals in 50 games or something like that? Something like That's that, good. yeah. That's good. That's on a crap team too. On a crap team. He had Kevin Constant, No, man. <laughs>
2: don't bring Gosh. us back to
1: those days. Don't
0: bring
2: don't bring Sully Muntari here. here, bro. you have Amro Amro back.
0: Stefan Cokehead Al Oh, man. <laughs> exactly. But like these teams are bad. And I, I just and Balatelli last year, honestly, or oh, last season, when he was on the pitch, he was our best player when he played. When he played games, he was our best player. Sure, he didn't score all the time, but, like, he got unlucky. Like, I remember the one game he was frozen on and he literally ran the whole pitch, took a long shot at the crossbar in the 90th minute to win it. Like, that's just unlucky. Like, if it was another player, it would have been barred down on him, but for all the time, he hits the crossbar and goes out. It's just, I don't know, I miss him. I, I think he deserves another chance for the national team. I think he deserves another shot because he's playing well for Nice, and I think, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's racist. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I love him, and I, I miss him on the team. I Is like. Do cool. you guys see? Do you guys see his video for Zapata? Of course,
2: um,
0: of course. You didn't see that? No. Yeah, yeah. Nah, saw did right you, see it? you saw it, right? Zapata, Zapata. And then the Italian at the end, he said like, "You guys are not. You guys are gonna stop talking now," or something like that, right? So he said something like that. I don't know. It's a little controversial comment, but
2: he's a funny guy. Oh, I love him.
0: Yeah. Did you see his post on Instagram today? <laughs> he took a. He t- <laughs> it was a picture of Kim Kardashian with a bikini. He was kind of like fat. And he freaking put Kanye, what are you doing, man? Or something like that. <laughs> you, you go look, you have to look at it after the podcast. Yeah. I died. I'm like, holy ball of savage. Okay. Karas for you yes. then. The next question.
2: Hello. This
0: is from uh, Vintage Vintage Muntari. What a Twitter account.
2: Yeah.
0: Vintage Muntari. Do you consider Suso, Romagnoli, and Bonaventura truly unsellable? How much do you think they're worth and what teams would suit them?
2: Uh Bonaventura, my opinion. He is unstoppable. I think he he loves this club too much. The way he plays, sometimes I feel like he's literally the only player, like at least in the years beforehand, that he was like dying, and he was like he always poured his heart out. Um, Su- you said the two other players were Suso and uh,
0: uh, Romagnoli.
2: Romagnoli, uh, Suso could go. Suso has spoken a lot that you know, uh, Milan isn't his like final stop or whatever he's always said this kind of stuff and he said if if barca wants him or Real wants him he'd obviously go there so i think suso um we could tie him down for the next maybe two or three years once we get the champions league or once if he like performs extremely well we could get we could sell him for around 30 to 35 like maybe 25 to 30 million something around that Romagnoli is the same thing unless Romanioli like decides he wants to stay with us, which he will. Know. Roman can go with with yeah with either or, but I would want him to stay. If we were to sell him, um, Chelsea wanted him for fifty million. So oh
0: uh, yeah, and apparently and for some reason our Twitter account came out and said no. uh, we're not. He's not for sale. I've never seen that in my life, but apparently we tweeted. <laughs> we tweeted. It was so weird. I woke up the one morning. It was like amidst the reports. We are safe to say that Romagnoli is untouchable and he's not being sold to Chelsea. Everybody was like like Beatrice, what the Beatrice. heck? What the heck are you saying, Beatrice? But, and everybody's like, Butana, Beatrice <laughs> It means like go. But um, no yeah, that's a good answer. I think it's tough. I, I think Romagnoli will stay. Like yeah. Romagnoli will be a guy who'll stay. And uh Suso obviously could leave, but like I, I feel like he's part of us too. He's one he's one of us, Uno di noi, right? He's one of us yeah but we'll see okay next question from matt That's cool. um the squads 21 how much how much money should milan give to donaruma is three and a half million too high too low or just about what he should make
1: um <laughs> i'm gonna go with the conservative answer and say they gotta pay whatever it takes to keep him here um <laughs> no i yeah. honestly i think i got like Donnarumma. i think you know when you, when you, when you're trying to do something different, you're trying to bring in something special at Milan after several years of disappointment, I think it's very important. It's actually vital that Milan lock up Donnarumma pay whatever he wants. I think pay him like the star he is pay him like the champion. I think he definitely will become and pay him like he is the centerpiece of this revolution. So for me, um, uh, four and a half. That seems like honestly, I if I'm a, if I'm if I'm Milan's financial advisor, I would say pay pay the man four and a half million uh, euro per year. Uh, make him the focal point of this revolution, and um, you know, erase any doubt that Milan fans have in their minds, and let everyone sleep better at night. So yep. four and a half
2: million.
0: Okay. And this is from this is came five minutes ago from uh, Ali Sam one oh, oh, zero four one one zero. Do you uh, Karas? You take this one. Do you guys believe Milan will become what they once was? What they once were?
2: Eventually. I think that if everything goes right, I think if the Chinese, they have the right direction, and I think we start to get serious. We we already have a serious coach. Um, we just need the players. Like We just need to buy good players, and we want them to stay. That's it. And I think that we could eventually... Within the next five years, I could see us reaching... You know champions League quarterfinals semifinals stuff like that which is mm-hmm. a okay. lot better than what we do right now but okay. yeah I, I definitely could see us doing it
0: okay i'll take and i think the next question is from uh sagato underscore lorenzo he says he read today that ebro would like to be a director at, i don't know if you guys saw it so I, apparently Ebro yeah, wants that. to be a director at milan after one year la galaxy and he's a uh lorenzo says he's a winner what are your What are your thoughts on Ibra in the front office? And I honestly, I would die to have Ibra in our front office. I feel like he would have like a, uh, a, mentality that listen. I'm going to offer you this. You don't want to join us? We'll just go to the next guy. Like, you know what I mean, something like that. Like he won't. He'll kind of be that guy. Be like, listen, you're a good player. We're offering you this. And if you guys don't want to take it, then we're going to bring this offer elsewhere because we're not going to sit there and lose a and lose a negotiation. Like it, it, he'll. He'll basically, he'll instill it in, play, in players that it's an honor to play for the red and black. Yeah.
1: And yeah, he's a champion, right? He's I a respectable. I and I, and th- those are the things, too, that, I, you know, I, I want to see former players who love this team. I want to be a part of its, of its future um, restoration, its future growth. You know, we, we, we see it at Juve. Uh, Ned Vett is part of their front office. He's in the thick of things. You see him celebrating when they score. The um, same thing with Zanetti, with Inter. Um Obviously, the priority should be to get Maldini in some way, shape, or form a role with this team. I think he it's just everything. I mean, I'm not even going to say that he deserves it. I think that's understood. But a guy like having Ibrahimović, a champion mentality, a champion who knows how to play in Europe and knows what, what quality looks like because he's played around it his entire career, um, I definitely welcome his director role. But… Um, I'd honestly Maldini would be my priority first.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know what though? But Ibra, like I, I love Ebra. He just scores when he wants, whenever he wants. Like. You see his post about his leg. He's like, I play on one leg anyways, so no worries, guys. I'll play on one leg or something like that. I don't know. For sure. You he biggest leg. That guy's jacked, man. Anyways. <laughs> um, no, that's a really good question, Lorenzo. You know what? I think yeah, I would love having you in the front office. you got to have players like that. I don't like vet at UVA. I just, I hate everything about that club. I think if you follow me on Twitter, you know that. But um, <laughs> basically, I, I do agree with Matt. you got to bring players like that in. And just before we go to the next question, Matt have, or maybe Karaz, have you seen it too? The one picture of Nedved with his hands, with his hands, yeah. on his plate, with <laughs> the yellow that. card, yeah, and the, yeah. so he was out for the 2003 Champions League final. I think that's the most iconic photo in yeah. Champions League history. No, nope. he, he got the he got the yellow card that suspended him for the next match. When he
2: was like, was oh, the parallel crying one? That was the oh, one that, that absolutely. That was when they
0: lost in the, in the UCL final against Barca a few years ago.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah, that, I love that even more than.
0: Yeah, it's sad because I love Pirlo, but I feel he's. A, ever since I read that, I saw his book. Just, he's a snake. I don't like him anymore. Yeah. Now, are you a fan of Pirlo anymore? Like, what's your what's your take on him?
1: Um, uh, I don't know, man. It's the situation was, it, you know, not to get too much into it to be dead. No, anyone. I don't. But the situation was, and it looked like Allegri thought he was done. Most Milan fans thought he was done. I think the reason why he didn't come back, or you know, he didn't stay rather is the fact that I think that Allegri thought he would slow down the tempo and what they were trying to do offensively and with their formation. Um, yeah. I, listen, I think, you know, it, it's difficult when the team doesn't want you and they they think you're done and you're past it. And a team like Juve who who were on the rise, I, I, I don't blame a guy like Pirlo going to a team like Juve. If you're wanted by a champion championship contender – Why not? That's how I feel. I mean, I think it's tough for me. It's tough for most Milan fans to say, like, I would never do that. I would never do this when you're not the one sitting at the table and you're saying you can join Juve with a bunch of different stars and be part of, you know, a a five, six, six uh, uh, six-time Scudetto champion. So, Uh,
2: I I don't know. I wasn't opposed to him leaving to you, babe. No, I missed the book. It's the book. It yeah.
1: The book. It, of course it leaves. It, it definitely left a sour taste in my mouth for you to say something about a club that you won the Champions League at um, twice.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you it, know? D- so. it doesn't matter if you win the Champions League or not. It's this sort of professionalism that you need to have. Like yeah. You can't go around bad-mouthing clubs that you've played for. You know, it's it's not good. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's just... it's. No. You should, you should like, you're a professional player. You should, you should be professional. If you have bad opinions, keep them to yourself at least until you retire, you know? Yeah,
0: like you're still playing football, right? And they yeah. still playing. And and it's like, you know, you know what my problem is? Like, did you see, you guys see, uh, I don't think I see uh, AC Milan, Milan Club Montreal, when he came to Montreal to play a game at NYCFC?
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, like, he was, like, the the guys met him there with the scarf, and he wasn't even smiling with the scarf or anything like that. It looks like he was just, disg- like, he didn't want to, I, I don't know. I just, like, if, when you win two Champions League with the club, you should have a, lo- a deep respect for the club because you won. You won two Champions League there, and then that translated to you playing really well with the World Cup with the Nationale and winning the World Cup in 2006. And... I don't know. I just I don't want to talk about it too much. I, he still, still angers me. But okay, next question. Next question. Next question. This is also from uh, Lorenzo. He says, "Is Donnarumma too young to be a captain?" I'll start it off. I'll answer this one. It's a good question. See, Lorenzo, that's a really good question because Donnarumma. He, like, he he looks like a man. He's like a man in the net. He's not a like I'm. I'm a year older than Donnarumma. I feel like a little kid compared to him. Um. <laughs> And Matt, Matt, you're a couple. You're like a couple years older. How
1: um, How many years older? I are you? am. Uh, I am six years older than him.
0: Yeah, and, and if you're still beside
1: him, you'd look. You'd be like a little kid to him, right? Yeah, I'd be looking for his autograph. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> you no, know, exactly. Right. It's just weird. And I, I, truly, honestly, I think he could lead a team. He kind of be like a Buffon. He's a captain. Um, even though he lied about the goal Montari. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, no, Zanuruma could be the guy to be the captain. But I think, like, right now, I, could you see Romagnoli as captain? I could see Romagnoli as captain. Like, he has the green and the passion to, to be captain.
2: I think Borovic yeah. should be captain, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it's tough, to, it's tough, though, right now, because, like, I don't know, Romagnoli is like I, the defender, right? And Milan's already, always been a club to have great defenders. And yeah. Romagnoli is kind of one of the future, like, the future of Italy in defense. I don't know, like I feel like I, I choose either Bonaventura, Romagnoli, or Donnarumma. We always want to have an Italian captain. I don't know. I just call me call me a domestic guy, but I I always feel like I like I actually liked the idea of Ital Mila when it was a thing. <laughs> I, I didn't mind it because like, you know, put the Italian players in there and see what happens. You know, I get the... there was a time in Syria when you're only allowed to field a few foreign players, right? There's yeah. a little bit of a time yeah. when you only feel like two or three or four foreign players and that's it. So and I'm not a fan of teams like in you know I, know, I know, uh, Danny Russo's gonna kill me, Matt, but like Napoli, they don't have they have like one Italian in the lineup. Like, uh, how can you? I don't know, like, like Roma and Napoli, what do they have? Like, t- three Italians in all in the starting
1: lineup at 22 players? Inter's getting up Inter's there, up. And it looks Inter, like they Inter's, getting getting some some Inter's
0: getting some more. getting some more with Candareva, Gabriadini, uh, D'Ambrosio. Kings all. of having Italian
2: players. <clears throat>
0: yeah, we have even even Juventus has been kind of becoming a refugee camp a little bit. Uh, as some Twitter users would say they're kind of uh, they're bringing in a lot of foreigners like they have the even the pianic their attack is Argentine Mandzukic. uh Marquisio doesn't start anymore it's cadira um, they only have the buffon they have buffon Barzali Bonucci, Chiellini, and they have like Daniel Alves uh, Lee Steiner, Alexandro. they don't have many Italians either but Milan even though they're ba- even though they're not, we're not as good We've always kind of been committed to bringing in more Italian players. You see our Italians. Sometimes, we, sometimes we field seven or eight Italian players, right? Oh yeah, for and sure. It's, it's something. It,
1: I think the, I think the, the most Italian, Italian team is uh, from correct, is Sassuolo.
0: Sassuolo. The one time they had a full lineup
1: of Italians. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure Atalanta's pretty
0: decent. They have like Cassie and stuff, but they're pretty decent too. But you know what? When you have more teams and more Italians playing, it translates to the, it translates to the uh, to the national team as well. Um, because if you look at England, right, England has 90,000 professional teams in their leagues and their national team is still, has still not been able to figure it out. So, and cause you know why in the English league, none of their players, all their players and every team are all foreign. They're all foreign. Look at the top three teams and tell me how many English players there are there. There's none. There's no good English players. It's like Dele Alli and Harry Kane. And that's from one team. You know what I mean? So it's good. I want Italians to come up and play. I know like cut off your Egyptian, but
2: I don't don't care as long as the chemistry is good. Yeah. uh, Personally, Italy's are one of like my favorite teams to watch on like internationally in the World Cup, because you know, our national team isn't that great. (laughs) But uh, Yeah. yeah, Uh I, I would you know what? As long as as long as Milan perform well, um if it's bring more Italians Sure. If it's bring less Italians, I don't, I don't care as long as Milan does well. And that there was also a problem. I remember it was like a few years back that there was kind of like a rift between the two, um like between the Italians and the non-Italians. Mm-hmm. So as long as that doesn't, yeah. that's not a problem. I'm fine with it.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. And uh you know, just back to the captain thing. Sorry, we got kind of off track on it. Um, that's a, that's what kind of podcasts are sometimes. They eh? like you just kind of talk about some and then you. I, know, I love discussing stuff. I, I can go on and on with this stuff, but, uh, no, yeah, it's just, Daruruma, I think he could be the captain. I think he really could take the armband if he's, but he has to be committed. You can't be captain. Yeah. Be okay. Like, I might, I'm going to stay for four or five years here and maybe we'll like see you, after yeah. that. You can't be like that. You have yeah. to be committed to this team. And I feel like he will be, I feel like he loves the club. You see him, he claps to this, the club, Sud every single game. He claps to them. He, uh, he kisses he blows kisses to them and stuff like that. Every time we score, he'll fist pump to them. Like you don't do that if you're not if you're not a huge millionista inside. And I think if and I hate Rayola. I hate Rayola so much. I, I he's a great agent for his profession, but he's a scum. He's scum. Right? You can't you can't you can't uh, rely on him or you can't trust him at all. Right? So I think he you could know a ham
2: thing kind of.
0: Oh ham of you know. the life contract. Yeah. Yeah, no, a uh ha- actually, you know what? Matt, ha- Hamstick will count as a
1: bandiera, no? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's he, been there. He's, he's, he's a-, a flagship player for Napoli.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I, you know what? I don't know. I, I feel like Donnarumma has the qualities.
2: Uh, only time will tell, to be honest. Yeah, yeah only time will he's tell. It's hard young. to
1: – One to step, one step really at really a time. time. Let's, ex- let's, let's yeah. extend the guy first yeah. uh, and go from there. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure.
0: Okay, okay. So you know what? I think we're going to start wrapping things up here. Um, we've had a, a consistent number of viewers, live viewers, and I'm sure people will uh, check it out uh, later on. And, you know, you, you guys were great guests. We'll definitely bring you guys on more often. Um, again, uh, Mike, the other the other co-host, he, uh, he's studying tonight, but he's, I think he's done exams this week, so he's going to be on here most uh, most of the times too. He's, he lives like an hour away from me. So... Um, yeah, you know this is really fun. I uh, I like I like discussing everything. I really appreciate you guys being on here. So Matt and Karas, thanks so much.
2: No man, don't worry about Pleasure it. Thank, you. You, Luca. Thank yeah. you. so
0: much. Yeah, no worries. So just before we end here, guys, you guys want to follow us on Twitter? Oh, you know what? You know what? I have another question, Lorenzo. some another question. Uh, he he wants to know a quick uh, Champions League pre- uh, predictions. You know what? We'll do that right before we get off. So Matt, Matt, what do you think? What's your uh, final four? Who's gonna win the Champions League? Um,
1: <laughs> I think uh, you know what. I think Real Madrid's going to win.
0: Yeah, Cristiano. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's been that yeah. year for him. He's got his, he got his, uh, his uh, international trophy, and I think, uh, you know, although most people are going to say it's Juve and Juve look like the favorite right now, the way they're playing. Um, I think Real Madrid—they just have that mentality where they, 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 know how to win the Champions League trophy, and I think, you know, they, uh, I think they're going to do it. Yeah, Karas, um, you think Real Madrid too?
2: It's going to be Real Juve. Yeah, and I think Real have a high chance of winning this,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but Juve could pull it off. To be honest, yeah, I think, like Juve are very, very slow. Absolutely, yeah.
0: See, here's the thing: I tweeted last week, and I, I, you don't understand. Like, I was like, my my hands were shaking, tweeting it, but I said, I said that Juve are too strong to not win the Champions League this year.
1: Oh, they are very strong. I mean, yeah. and
0: that's why I said I'm like they're a strong team. I don't see anybody knocking them aside.
1: They don't look, and the thing is, that they don't look phased. They never do no. look phased by any type of situation. You know, everyone was like, "Oh, Barcelona, this and Barcelona," they, you know, they—they they approach every game with this mentality that we're the better team. We're gonna win. Like yeah. they have that in yeah. I think that's all. Again, that's all on the, that's on the coach, and that's also on guys like Bonucci, Kelly yeah. and uh, Buffon, of course, yeah. to really just drive that home. Because I think, yeah. if you look up and down their team, they're very strong. Very strong. If they win, I wouldn't be shocked in the slightest.
0: I, I, I like you don't understand. I don't want them to win, though. Like I don't want them to win the Champions League. I, I just I'm saying from an unbiased standpoint that they're one. Of, they're the strongest there. I don't think I, I think Bayern's stronger than Real Madrid. That was some terrible officiating. I think Bayern would have, would have won that match. Bayern's a, if
1: Bayern was in it still, I'd choose Bayern to win. Yeah, but I the, think I, honestly to, get, to to wrap it up here, I think that um, should Atleti. I think should, Atleti should, has a chance. You know what? Should they, Atleti, should, should, they should they move on and get, go to the final? I think pound for pound, I think they're the team that matches up the best against Juve. Um, they just have a strong defense. Godín is a very good defender. They have a good back line. They got their stars up front. They have, yeah, they have just. They I think that they, they pose the biggest matchup to uh, to Juventus just because I think that Juve have beaten Real Madrid a couple of years ago to get to the final. And I think you know a team like Atletico, they're hungry. Simeone is hungry, especially after losing out in the final a couple of years ago. Um, the couple con- they consistently past few years they've been losing out so i think a team like atleti would be hungry and uh really take advantage of a final appearance no
0: for sure you know what atleti uh, uh simone Simeone, he plays catenaccio to an extent they eh? like a kind of modern version catenaccio. they're very defensive they don't score that many goals but they don't concede that many goals either No. so you know what and here's the thing when you get into a final whoever it is it's one game right anybody can win one match yeah anybody. right
2: so Woodard, yeah, yeah, and Woodard. you
0: know what, Atlético. I think if Atleti if they if they go to the final, there's I cannot. There's no way they're going to lose three straight finals. If you think, to think about
1: this, it. they were they were seconds away from winning a couple years ago <laughs> if it wasn't yeah. for Sergio Ramos. Sergio Ramos. So uh, I think yeah. you know this is this would what, be their third appearance or yeah, and third third th- appearance, th- third th- appearance th- in the final in four years. So I mean, listen, I mean, something's got to give. I think. Maybe yeah. this is the year, but who knows? I think it's going to be interesting either way.
0: Yeah, and also thank God. Apparently, uh, Marisa from Spain reports that Simeone
1: uh, rejected the blank check from Inter to be the coach next year. I don't want, I don't want he wants, him. He wants to win with he wants to yeah. win with, with with Atletico first. Yeah. I think that's kind of the thing he wants to give them and the city, mm-hmm. and then just kind of set out to the sunset, so to speak.
0: Yeah. See, I, I don't want him to be coach of Inter because Inter might be scary. I don't want that to happen. I know I don't want Simeone here. He's a great manager. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's just start wrapping it up here. So guys, if you want to follow uh, Karas on Twitter, it's at ninety eight KKT. Got a top Twitter. Only fifty six followers, though. It's kind of weak, yeah, man. You improve it. <laughs> and if you want to follow Matt, uh, I'm sure you've seen his Twitter account before. He's the uh, emoji emoji merchant. Um, uh, don't be like
1: that. No, I'm a I'm a, I, I I'm a gift merchant. I'll admit He's that. a
0: gift merchant, and now he's the uh, now he's the Hashtag breaking the lines merging with the videos I love
1: it.
0: Yes. <laughs> I love it. So his Twitter is at Matt underscore Santangelo. You can sound it out. Santangelo. <laughs> Adangelo. You can see, and he has a picture of him at San Siro. he went to that der- that derby last year. You went to the three nothing one, right?
1: see si. C si, Senor. Oh my si. god!
0: How crazy? Do you like, do you have videos from that game? Oh, but I have plenty. It's. I kind of want to see him one day. Cause did you did you go crazy for all the goal like in like when he carded hit the post? Paulo, Paulo,
1: Paulo. Yeah, I mean, that was. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> real quick before we wrap up, but yeah. oddly enough, uh that game, what's his name was sitting uh, a couple rows in front of us. Andre Modic. Mo- oh, oh, the youth youth player. Yeah, the Bosnian. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was sitting in the row a couple rows before us and. I told my friends, I was like, oh, that's, that's, uh, that's Andre Modic. And they were like, no, that's not. I was like, yeah, it is. And we checked his Instagram later on after the game. And we yeah. saw his seats because he tweeted a picture of where he was sitting. And that was him.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Did he yeah. celebrate when they scored or anything? Remember? like, No, nah,
1: because he kind of he, it's kind of like that thing where like he's yeah. proud and he just wants to kind of play. He wants to be incognito.
0: Incognito, even though he's not even that popular. But <laughs> did, yeah, he, right. did you go with your brother or with your buddies?
1: uh i went with my parents and a couple of oh, parents okay that's, that's pretty good all right yeah
0: you know that's an unreal i want to experience that one day i will but that's insane yeah guys and if you want to follow me on twitter uh luca underscore laporta i guess i would be a what am i matt w- what merchant am i you're a uh, you're, oh,
1: you're, oh you're a like merchant
0: i am a like merchant i like I, like honestly matt you know how many likes i have on twitter i have a hundred and thirty-six thousand likes
1: yeah, you know, you 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 make people work for a retweet, man.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I give everybody the likes, and I uh, I'll throw a little like uh, Ibala banter in there too, and stuff like that, and and uh, the daily joke of the day and stuff like that. But yeah, that's, uh, and if you guys want to follow, uh, I'm co- the co-founder of uh, the Milan Guys. We've been around for uh, since 2014, and me, and my friend Mike, we've uh, really grown it he's done a lot he's done way more work than i have into it because i kind of got busy with school and stuff and he's kind of really kept it up and uh he's been awesome and you know the account's growing and we're hoping to hit six thousand uh six thousand followers soon and also follow uh matt's uh twitter account he's uh is it just milan bros it's at
1: at ac milan bros
0: yeah he has a good account too and he did he has a blog too with the his derby and stuff like that and and yeah it's really good so yeah give us a follow on twitter i'm sure we'll follow me on back we, it's always nice to interact with me and stuff and honestly i just i thank all of you for tuning in you know this is the first episode and you know we, we really appreciate your feedback too if you want to see something else in the podcast and we can add to it if you want to see different guests whatever just let me know send us a dm send us a tweet and, and whatever and guys this is uh Luke Laporta signing off for the night. It's been really, really fun. It's been so fun that we were aiming for a 40 minute, kind of 35 minute thing, and it's been yeah. like over an hour, which is whatever. Now first it's episode. Minutes. So, yeah. Karas, thank you so much. Matt, thank yeah. you so much. And Milanisti, for the meal on this Sunday. Ciao. Ciao, Ciao
1: ragazzi.
2: Bye.